Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Great to have you here today. Hopefully you are having a wonderful week, a wonderful day. It's so good to be here. We thank God for you today. Know that uh, I will be praying for you today. I'm going to say a prayer for all the radio listeners today. And uh, so maybe God will hear that prayer and bless you. I don't know. But either way, I'm thankful you're here. I'm so thankful you're here. Today, we are talking about a wonderful topic, and that's Christ's love. We're wrapping up a five-part series. It was going to be three and then four. Now it's five, but it's okay because this part is unique really to the rest. We're wrapping up a five-part series on God's judgment, his righteous judgment, and how anything is possible with God. Or the you know you want to say it the other way, nothing is impossible with God. What does that mean? That means that even in this wicked world, he can and will righteously judge uh, as he should. Amen? As he should. And just because we don't understand his righteous judgment, or maybe it's hard for us to comprehend his long-suffering nature, you know, I don't know about you, but if you're in the book, you're in the Bible, you'll probably get pretty mad looking at the ways of the world, looking at any kind of media story, any billboard, any behavior you see that's just so against God. And you may desire God to come back. I know I do. Many days. I don't know. I think it was last month. It was every day. God, just come back. Lord, come back soon. But then I think back, well, what if someone was praying that prayer? Surely they were. I don't know, 20 years ago, you know, 20, maybe 25 years ago, and I wasn't saved. And the Lord said, all right, I'll come back. Well, then I would have been headed for hell. Amen. And so I know there are people here today that the Lord is waiting for them to come and be saved. And his long-suffering nature is sufficient to keep him waiting that long. When we, being impatient frail, fleshly humans would have come back a long time ago and dropped the hammer on all this wickedness. He has been so patient yesterday. I believe it was. No, it was two days ago. We pulled up to the driveway. There was a rainbow. Matter of fact, a double rainbow at the end of our street. It was beautiful. And it just reminded me of God's promise that he's not going to flood the earth again. He did that in the times of Noah. Amen. And wiped everybody out except Noah and his family and uh, his kids, wives, and so forth, and the animals wiped everything out. He's not going to do that again. But you know what? He is going to do. He's going to come in the clouds. That's called that blessed hope, amen. He's going to come in the clouds. And when he does, he's going to call his church home, amen. That trumpet sound will blow. He is going to call his church home. We are going to, after the dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. This is the rapture, amen. Then we are going to rise next, amen. And we're going to be with him forever. Anyone that really knows me knows that I believe we are closer to the end time than anyone can imagine. Closer to the rapture. <clears throat> I believe it with all my heart, amen. 
And when it comes, what starts? The tribulation period. And you know what? A lot of people talk about the tribulation period as being a fearful time, and it is. It's going to be brutal, and we're not in it. You know, some people say they believe we're in the tribulation period. Nowhere in the Bible does it speak about God's church going through the tribulation period. I believe he calls us home first. That's why on KJV Cafe, we are pre-tribulation rapture. That's what we believe. We're pre-trib. We believe that God takes the church out, and that there's a seven-year period of tribulation before the Battle of Armageddon and so forth. And we believe here that, that, look, when that happens, when the church is raptured out, then all of those that are left are no longer under the age of grace. They no longer can just go down to the altar and say, I give my life to Christ. No, in that time in the tribulation, the Bible teaches us, the book of Revelation, that you will have to be martyred. You have to reject the mark of the beast. All this technology and whatever else is going to, let that let the beast know you didn't take it, and then you get beheaded, and then you can be saved. But why not be saved now? Amen. John 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus can and will save every lost soul willing to repent and believe on him. Psalm 86, 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You know, think about it. How many people really know what is to come? It's our job to share it with them. That's what I've been trying to do this week is share these in these little 15 minute episodes, these tidbits of scripture, amen, from Revelation uh, and from throughout the Bible, uh, what's happening, how we're not under the law, we're under grace, and how the law is, it really does nothing but convict and grace through uh, faith alone, through uh, grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone will save, amen. The idea of the first and the second death, the idea that God's wrath has not been seen. Yeah, we might see God judge here and there, but for the most part, I believe it's been withheld, amen, and that his wrath is to come. Uh, and that when that comes, if you're still alive in the tribulation, that'll be an awful, awful time. Bible.org had a revelation interpretation that an author had written a book and they summed up that book in like 10 or 15 bullet points and about just floored me reading it. I mean, it's really, really, really a scary, fearful time during that time. And that's, that's God's wrath. That's the day of the Lord. That's a very fearful day. Now, if you don't, if you were to die before then, right? Then you are, uh, you're resurrected after everybody is resurrected. You're resurrected after to face judgment at the white throne, the great white throne. That's revelation 20, 11 through 15. And if your name's not in the book of life, and if you didn't believe in Christ, if you truly didn't accept him as your Lord and savior, then it won't be. You are headed for hell for an eternity separated from God, which is true hell. Cause I believe in hell, you will realize your need for God. Like you never have before. Our church watched a clip of a guy he claimed he'd been in hell years ago. We watched this video because it was just fascinating. I mean, he, he whether he had or not, he believed he had. And his description was very unique in that, like, it was talking about how the body was very frail. And we re- read in the Bible that when you go, uh, you're, you're given a new body fit for where you're going. So the believer is going to have a new body, a resurrected body like Christ had. Amen. And when he had his resurrected body here on earth... And that's going to be great. We're going to have shed all that pain and 
all the joint pain, all the other kind of pains and sickness and allergies and all these things will be gone. But for the unbeliever, I believe they will have a, a kind of a deflated body because that's what this guy was talking about in this video, that he could barely breathe and that hell to him was like being able to barely take in air. It was the most frightful thing I've ever heard. And I don't know how anyone can make this up, but that's, that's where the unbeliever is headed. Uh, the Bible tells us that there'll be separation from God. Uh, that there's burning torment. We know about the rich man in hell. He just wanted a drop of water. Uh, and so we know these things through the Bible. Amen. But we also know that Christ is just to save those that will come to him, that he is the light of the world. Amen. And that people, if they would just understand that and understand true biblical doctrine, they can and will be saved. We don't know how much time is left. It could be hours, days, weeks, months, years. Only God knows. But what will matter in eternity is what we do here for eternity and not what we do here for here, right? You want a new pontoon boat or an old pontoon boat. Can you take that pontoon boat to heaven? No. Now, there's nothing wrong with boating. I don't know why I use boat examples a lot. There's nothing wrong with boating. I, I think boating is great. But here's the thing. If you're spending your time, right, all your time on that instead of witnessing to others about what is to come instead of sharing the gospel, especially with those that you could have an influence on those that love you, those that know you. If you're spending your time just focusing on the pleasures of this world, friend, you're in danger because you don't have, we don't know how much time we have left. Amen. And we need to bear fruit for the Lord while we can, because in eternity, that old pontoon boat will mean nothing. But if there is one, maybe it's a nephew, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a niece, maybe it's an uh, elderly individual, maybe it's somebody at work, maybe it's someone at school. If you win one to the Lord, you can celebrate that for an eternity. How about your own kids? Amen. You know, and I know kids have a mind of their own and so forth, but if you're able to raise them up in the Lord and they, they understand the ways of the Lord and they're saved, amen, by the glory of God, they're saved then you have your children with you in eternity, in heaven, amen? You know, and that's why if you care about your kids, you'll be careful with what they are, especially the younger ones, um, or really anybody under 18, I should say, and then they're an adult, I guess you can't, can't do too as much then, but be careful with what they surround themselves with. These things of the world, amen? I, I'm a parent of young kids and, and teenager, and, I, and I, I, I struggle with this because I see how quickly the world creeps in. And I don't want that influence. And at the same time, I know what it's like to make everything taboo. And now you can't touch anything and you can't do anything. And then, of course, they're going to want to do it more. So you have to walk that fine line. But just know, teach them the ways of God, the things of God, who he is, his great love for them. Share with them the scriptures. Let them apply it to their hearts. Make it a priority in your household. Because we don't know when the day is going to be here, when it's too late and we can't do anything else. And tell me, if you have a recollection of this time when it's too late, you will regret not doing more if, in fact, you spent your time seeking the things and the pleasures of this world. I think one thing everyone can agree with in these last days, seeing the great inflation, seeing the great uh, uh, pandemic through, and seeing um, the, the, all of the problems, wars and rumors of wars and conflicts and struggles and all of these things happening that, quote, have never happened before or are like nothing anyone's ever seen. I think we all can agree that these times are, are showing us that, that something is changing in this world, that the end is near, you know. And, and so if, in fact, it is near, 
Are we about our Father's business, sharing the love of Christ and letting people know that Jesus is the light? We can't force them to be saved. And we can't be obnoxious about it or forceful. We can't argue anyone into salvation, I don't think. We just have to present it in a loving and kind way and answer questions and share our testimonies. Matthew 5.20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, why would the Lord say that? Because the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes was one tied to the law. They were trying to live by the law, the letter, and the letter doesn't do anything but condemn or convict. And so we need to have a righteousness that believes in Christ and what he did on the cross. It's a finished work, amen, it's done. And that he is alive today and that we truly believe that and we put our faith in him because we know that we have a need. And when we have that great faith in Christ, he will then work a right spirit about us to do these things I've mentioned in this episode of witnessing to the children, of witnessing to friends, uh, of, of having that Holy Ghost conviction to do the Father's will before it's eternally too late. Oh, how we sh- should be on fire for God in these last days. And oh, how people should know that to be on fire for God, we have to be close with God. The Bible says, draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you filthy sinners. Amen. We got to cleanse our hands. We got to repent. We got to get right. We gotta accept him as Savior, and then we have to go through that sanctification process where we repent for our sins and we agree with the Lord and we don't do them anymore. We seek his face, we seek his will, and then we'll be fit for use. We'll be fit for use with God because we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And we know that faith without works is dead, as James tells us. So let's get on fire for God in these last days. Let's realize that Jesus Christ is the light of this world, and let's share that with everyone we know. And that will be the best use of our time until he calls us home, which I believe is very, very, very soon. I thank you so much for listening and tune in uh, next time for a new episode of KJV Cafe. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.